Hello. Sorry, I'm hearing the, I'm hearing the garage door open, and you always gotta be on your toes. You guys, it's the it's the twenty first century. Y'all's gotta be on your toes. Depending on when this comes out, probably not today. But I got back from the DNV where I spent like four hours waiting to have my number called. If you want to know my number, I remember it very clearly: ex zero zero seven nine. And my number was not called for those three and a half hours. And so I left because my mother was like, we gotta go. And she got very angry at me because apparently I, I was in like the wrong line or something. And then, of course, it's my, of course, it's obviously my fault. Um, and I cried real hard. I don't know if you can tell by my voice, but you could certainly tell by my face. Um, and I have, and I have, um, no, I've eaten today and I'm in the process of eating. So fair warning is four pieces of toast with, um, dipped in olive oil, which I put garlic salt in and I'm regretting the garlic component because I really didn't need to spice up this meal anymore. Then it is what with the, the, the powerful flavor of toast and olive oil combined, but here we are. Anyway, um, as I am want to do, I'm going to convert, <coughs> my 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 aloneness and my misery into pure into pure comedy um i was thinking because if you spend three and a half hours in a dmv um like i do and you don't do anything other than staring at all because um because i don't have i don't text people very regularly if you have my number and you want to talk please hit me up i'm doing nothing constantly and i would love to like just have a sick like have a little convo you know what i mean but I was doing nothing. I didn't have a book. I didn't have earbuds because I was not anticipating that many hours um, of time wasted. Um, so I I was staring at a wall, and I was thinking, what um what 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 <laughs> what podcast content could I produce? Because I do I love I love the podcast format. I love listening to me listening to me a, a podcast. When I got back after crying really hard, what made me feel better was listening to a podcast, you know. And I feel like if even if it's not good, I'm gonna pro- I'm gonna produce one. I'm gonna try at least. Um, so, <laughs> what 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 kind of podcast could I produce? And I've been thinking about um, Wattpad. Do y'all know Wattpad? Um, um, I'd hope you don't, I'd hope you wouldn't, honestly. This is some toast, just warning you. Um, it's a site originally intended to, like, be a user-generated, like, generative platform for books and stuff, like novels. And some of them would get published if they were good enough and had enough views and stuff. Um, unfortunately, the people doing the most <laughs> generative writing... Um, I think in the world are t- are tween girls, teen and tween girls who have access to the internet and access to a whole lot of time, and are very inspired by One Direction, and other and other sources like The Vampire Diaries, Five Seconds of Summer, um, specific members of One Direction, just solo, not including the other ones. Like it's a it's a diverse field. And I was never into One Direction, as I might have mentioned in the, in the last app, but I kind of retroactively got into the culture because it's hilarious and awful. And so I've returned to Wattpad over the ages, and also there are, there are like completely original IPs 
um, that include all original characters, um, which kind of fall into one <laughs> one massive, massively sorry successful archetype of the bad boy romance, or like the good girl, or like the invisible girl, or not necessarily popular girl, has an encounter with a bad boy, and he falls in love with her, and it's like this beautiful story, and it's always very... I mean, it connects with tween and teenage girls because that's what tween and teenage girls want because they're all normal and they all want to not be normal and they want to be noticed and desired and I connect with that. I still connect with that. Um, anyway, I mean, these are universal things. Even if you're like a 40-year-old man, you still want to be desired by the bad boy. Um, and that's this. That's just true. <laughs> no one's going to call me on that. Anyway, I thought to myself in the DMV as I watched the never-ending cycle of the same shit on the TV, um, what if I did something to do with Wattpad? What if I kind of... <laughs> I don't know, reviewed reviewed some stories, reviewed some fanfic, maybe review some original stuff. Like as we all know, as we're all we're all super aware that the novel originally written um on Wattpad, um, when the author was fifteen, called The Kissing Booth, which became the most popular story on the site for reasons that I cannot I can I genuinely cannot comprehend. Um was turned into a Netflix original movie called of the same name, and you should all watch it if you want to be on the same page as me, just emotionally and intellectually, um, in in late May of 2018. Um, and so I was kind of provoked. This is toast again. Uh, warning. I was provoked into taking another look, and um, I. <laughs> mm, sorry for the food eating sounds. This is, listen, we're just having a condo. It's just me and you. It's, it's intimate. It's, it's, it's natural. I looked through because I really, I don't know if I should be showing this, but I'm going to share it with you anyway, because I just cried really hard about the fucking DMV. I found when I returned to my account after all these years, um, that I had started to write like a romance story, probably like in, um, middle school and so i decided yesterday to just post it it's gotten six views so far um i don't know if i want to advertise it to you right now i feel like for fun i'm gonna continue it because it's only one chapter and <laughs> and the premise is um bizarre i mean bizarre i think it falls pretty um pretty comfortably within the parameters of webpad stories but it's a pretty bizarre <laughs> premise if you take in in the context of the you know the human civilization as it's progressed so far anyway um and i was i put it i published it in the romance genre and then i looked through the romance genre to kind of get a sense of my competition the ruthless competition which i will take out um with the power of my words are my plosives still hard i put a sock over the (laughs) yeah they're still hard i put a sock over the mic to see if it would help but they're still there. I'm sorry for making... I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Um, and this story, which I, I really should have had the foresight to, like, print out or something. This... Let me check what its name is. Well, I can't. I'm on chapter 18. Add to library. I'll add it to library. Hired. It's called Hired. It's by Pretentious Nile, which, um, pretty much covers it. Uh, <laughs> this is a... Ve- Oh my god, it's 102 parts, and I'm on part 18. Jesu Cristo. Um, it's completed. It's a One Direction fan fiction of the kind of iconic trope at this point that, like, your mother forces you to either be enslaved or be hired by One Direction. 
Um, if you're not familiar, that might sound absolutely insane to you, and I can recognize, I can recognize and appreciate that. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, if you maybe if you've ever read like a tweet on Twitter.com about it, maybe because I feel like it's a it's a joke. It's it's a joke to people. <laughs> It's a joke to people who aren't in it, but if you're in it, I don't know if it's 100% a joke. Um, this is one of the weirdest um, Wattpad stories I've maybe ever read in my life. Ugh, am I getting um, um, less loud? Do I need to be more loud? Here, I'll bring you I'll bring you in. Oh my god, I'm such a novice. And I... Okay, this sounds better to my ears, but again, I have, I have no clue... Is that enough silence to make it very clear that I have no idea what I'm doing? Anyway, Pretentious Nala wrote this. It's called Hired. I've mentioned this. The And I mentioned the slavery thing. This girl, <laughs> her name is Jenny. Um, we don't learn that until I think Niall learns it. Or maybe, maybe her mom like yells at her. Anyway, she works in a van's shop. And she didn't go to college when she was supposed to because she was like, let me earn some money. So she works in a van's shop. Um... And it's so specific that she works in a van's shop. It's never called anything else. It's never called, like, a shoe store. It's a van's shop. Um, which, I don't know why you would really... <laughs> don't pigeonhole yourself into emo culture, please. Anyway. Um, one day, um, Liam... Liam? Was it Liam? I think it might have been Louis. Louis and Niall, like, pop in to get away from <coughs> a group of girls who are following them, right? And for some reason or another, this guy named Michael is also with them. And Michael looks at Jenny and he's like, she's pretty. Should we hire her? And then Niall's like, whatever, man. I can't do an Irish accent. What? I, what? Nope. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not, I'm not going to. For you, I won't try. And then Michael's like, here's my card. If you, if you will pay you a lot to pretend to be Niall's girlfriend, right? And that's, that's a premise. That's a premise, and I'm so alright with that premise, because that premise is so whack, and honestly pretty interesting, like, getting hired to be someone's, and it's, and it's age old, it's like, it's not, this isn't a new innovation, and it's, it's interesting for a romance plot, because, like, wh where is the line between fake and real, and you get to explore that, and, like, are the emotions provoked by something authentic or are they provoked by proximity and money and stuff like that? And that's interesting and that's a rich vein of interrogation. Um, except for the way that this goes is that her mother is like weirdly abusive, like verbally abusive. And then she's like, fuck you, mom. I love my sister, but not you. And then she has a brother and we never see her brother. And she has a best friend and we haven't yet seen her best friend, but there are 102 parts and I'm on part 18. So what do I know? And her mother is like, you need to take this job because it'll pay you more money. And then Jenny is like, um, I don't want to. That sounds bad. I don't want to pretend to be in love with someone. And then her mom's like, fuck you. And she's like, fuck you. And then she takes the job. Moral of the story is because that's how that works, apparently. And then she goes off. <laughs> and then... And, oh my god, you please read this. I don't have it on me. There's, like, this part where she signs a contract. And the contract is, like, in like like a bulleted format from like a to g or something it made me laugh really hard i would suggest i would suggest you peruse it again hired by pretentious now i think it was anyway they're like great you signed the contract now you cannot back out of it for a year and we get the impression that that's very much the true it's like a, it's like one of those um oaths in harry potter that you die if you break it she cannot go she cannot leave 
within the year. And we get that. We understand that pretty quickly because things go start to go sour with Niall. But here's the thing. When you decide to be hired to be Niall's girlfriend, and this is, this is, I think, typical of the industry, you have to follow him around constantly and live on the tour bus with him. Um, and also sleep in the same hotels as him and the boys and sometimes in the same hotel room as him, even though that's not how that works ever once in human history, I'm pretty sure, because why would they keep you on the bus? Because you're, because if, okay, I understand the convenience of it, like this is a hired person, um, to hang out with Niall, but... If you're trying to make it a realistic relationship, why the fuck would that person be on the tour bus? It's not like that happens, or does that happen? I'm not, I mean, I'm not a directioner. I was never a directioner. I'm still not into any boy bands. Is that how it works? That once you become romantically involved with someone, you sleep on a tour bus with them? If so, what? <laughs> that doesn't sound truthful or correct at all. Anyway. She's on the tour bus with him, which is, like, I, as I said, pretty pretty average stuff. If you ever fall in love with Niall Horan, you kind of have to sleep in the bunk under him on the tour bus until you die or the contract expires. Um, Niall is fucking insane in this portrayal, in this characterization. It reminded me of how, you know how Plato was like, Socrates is a character and I'm going to use him for my philosophic ends. And you're like, that's cool, Plato, because I trust you. Except for pretentious Niall has done that with Niall and he yells at her in such... It's, it's incredible how awful he is when he yells at her when she does stuff. And he, like, calls her, like, a stupid fucking bitch and a cunt and, like, I never want to see you again and, like, get off me. And then, but when, but when the sun sets and they're, like, so they're accidentally in the same room together with only one bed, oh, no. He's, like, very sweet. And when she has nightmares or, like, social anxiety things, he's, like, let me, like, hug you and, like, be your pal. But then in the next breath, he's, like, I hate you and I never want to see you again. Sorry, I had a little burp moment. And then, but she's like, I'm in love with him anyway. Jenny, what's going on with you, huh? That's not how that works. I mean, I guess it is. I mean, here's how, I mean, if this is Wattpad 101, the main character is a self-insert character for literally everybody reading, right? Except for the first person to self-insert is the author. And so the people reading get the byproduct of all that baggage. And I'm sorry, pretentious Nile, are you okay? Because if this is, if you're still in love with someone calling you a motherfucking slut, whore, awful cunt bag, then you should probably reevaluate and or get therapeutic help. Just because he hugs you at night and you like how he smells. <laughs> and then another fun element to hired um, by pretentious style, is that, so, the main character was never interested in One Direction when Louie or Liam, I forget, both L's, um, and Niall come into the shop, she's like, I have no idea who you are, and then, like, her lame manager is like, oh my god, it's Niall Horan, and she's like, whatever, and then Michael, the manager who hires her, is like, see Niall, she's, she's perfect for the job since she doesn't know who you are, and he's like, whatever. Um, so, so, and part of the contract is that, like, she might, you might get hate, but you can't respond to it, um, because that would make you look bad, and so she's new to this world of fame and glamour, and she looks, she looks at the hate, she looks at the hate, she doesn't respond to it, but she certainly looks, and then there are people being like, oh my god, I can't believe she's with my husband, oh my god, I can't believe 
they're like, together, I'm so jealous. If she touches him, I'll kill her, that kind of stuff. Which, to be fair, is pretty emblematic of the One Direction fandom at its height. But at the same time, your username is Pretentious Nile, Pretentious Nile. You have... And then Jenny's commentary on the whole situation is like, oh my god, these fans are crazy. I can't believe, like, this generation's so fucked up because they, like, they can't, like, discern real from fake. And, oh my god, your username is Pretentious Nile, Pretentious Nile. Sorry for my peas, my plosives. This sock isn't doing much good, but seriously, Pretentious Nile is not how it works at all. Because, like, and I don't read the comments on these things. Maybe I should. Maybe that adds another level level to the to the drama and intrigue. But I cannot imagine they're saying anything other than, but that's you, but that's us. Like, I can't imagine, like, a One, Dire- a One Direction audience being like, yeah, I'm so on Jenny's side about this because she hates me and my culture, which it is. It's a culture and my community. And But she gets to be with Niall anyway. And Niall's being a dick to her, but she's still in love with him because he, like, holds her hand when they go into crowds. I have no idea. And I know Niall Horan isn't like this. I trust him. I trust Niall to have a fucking... To have a compassionate bone in his body and not... <laughs> yell at me all the time like i wouldn't fall in love with this nile i don't think and i'm extremely susceptible to that kind of thing i'll fall in love with i'll fall in love i'll fall in love with you right now like wanna bet i'll do it but like but even me even me the most the whimsiest flimsiest is the word i mean of of romantic backbones would not fall in love with this boy and yet jenny here who worked at a van shop and has no money is falling in love with a guy who yells at her like her mother yells at her. Like, that's not right. And to be fair, I'm on part 18, so I don't have to, I have not yet had time to kind of peruse the depths that Pretentious Nile is going to explore with her, you know, complex and, um, I'm trying to find a good adjective that I haven't used yet. Complex and provocative i've used rich i've used um complex and i think listen i cried really hard like an hour ago so i don't really have the adjectives on the brain if you do please let me know substitute here's the here's a fun thing substitute your own ideal adjective there's the garage door is opening and closing i hope no one's going to uh, disrupt my slumber if you have your own adjective i'm on part 18 102 parts i will update you to let you know um, but I guess I'm gonna go back to Ask FM to see what's kind of going on there. Um, I still don't have a good concept for this program. Mostly I just, I, like I mentioned, I'm lonely and I have no one to talk to about these things at length. So, okay, there are two solutions to this problem, obviously. Um, one, one of you, my, my, my cult followers, like, offer yourself up offer i can't speak offer yourself up as sacrifice to me and as like a like a friend like a true friend um which will suck for you or you have to you have to listen um to these to these podcasts you know i have no plan going into these i just talk maybe that's the problem um let's take a look at some questions generated by people i've never met okay what is your temper again this is one of those that's indulging my my ego ego maniacism what is your temper i have a pretty here's a okay here's okay 
see, these are avenues to um, not comedy, but at least conversation. Um, I tweeted this a while ago. I don't have anger management problems, which I guess is good for everybody I've ever known. But I do have anger problems, which is, I would suggest, worse for the individual. Because, like, let me tell you a brief story. Um, at school, at my college, at the college at uh, which I study, you can get the food from the dining hall to go. And so I was getting my food to go, and they were offering chocolate cake on plates. So I, I upturned a piece of chocolate cake into my to-go box, and I forgot the plate on the counter. And then I walked away. I started. I began to walk away, and then a worker who was on her break stopped me. Can you notice my tone? It's very managed, but it's very fucking angry. And a worker stopped me, and she said, oh, "Where does that plate go?" With a tone that made me want to kill myself and i said oh i forgot and then she went back to her seat as if that was a perfectly fine thing to say to a human being which i guess it was but it didn't feel perfectly fine and then i had to i went to get the plate and for like (laughs) less than a minute but more than a second i had to i had to I didn't have to. I did imagine myself throwing the plate on the ground and then leaving and then thought to myself, you cannot do that. And then I put the plate on the little conveyor belt to take to be taken off to get washed. But I still fucking think about that. Made, I still fucking think about that. It makes me so angry. It makes me so angry. And you can tell that my my tone my tone is managed you can tell that my tone is managed as well as it can be managed it's managed but you do not have a peak what you do not see is the tumultuous tumultuous ocean within my heart that would ruin any ship faring vessel that she might be on <sighs> see i don't have anger management problems i have anger problems what is my temper my temper is very bad i have a bad temper but i don't have a bad a bad um brain to mouth pipeline um unless you overload it with being an uh an annoying person that i hate um i i keep putting my phone away in between these questions which i feel like is a bad bad radio See, all of these are very, ask if I'm culture specific. For example, picture by mood. You can attach a quote. I have no idea what that means. What would you do today if there was no, if there is no more tomorrow? If there is no more tomorrow, what would you do today? First of all, check your tenses, my friend. This is the same issue as yesterday. This is not how the subjunctive works. If there is no, no tomorrow, what would I do today? Honestly, maybe, I don't, I don't, because I feel like people would be like, go to Paris. Like, I don't have time to go to Paris if there's no more tomorrow. Also, I feel like the airport's going to be a nightmare. I'll stick around, I think. What I would do is, and I feel like this is just going to happen one day, even if there is, um, even if there is a tomorrow. If I'm just, if I become inebriated enough, this might happen. I want to know with certainty, with absolute certainty, who is or let me let me check my tenses who has been in love with me in the past or even considered me romantically ever even once i really 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 want to know the 
the the the data on that because no one has ever told me you know what i mean and i get the feeling because i am a narcissist and people you know this about me if you've ever interacted with any of my content and i think that there are likely thousands who are deeply in love with me but i want to and maybe i need to have the guttural fact check that it's like maybe two in my entire lifetime you know what i mean if there was no more tomorrow, I think I would go around asking people, you know? And I feel like I can't do that now because the consequences are dire. And, most, and those consequences are everybody hates me. Because right now, my narcissism is pretty much... People think it's performative. And it's not. I mean, it is. But it's also not. Like, I hate myself, but I uh, also think I'm the best. Which I guess is not maybe not narcissism or anything diagnosable. But if what what would you do today if there is no more tomorrow? If there is no more tomorrow, I would ask people if they had ever been in love with me, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty solid on that. Why don't you cut your hair? Why don't I cut my hair? This It would be another matter if this question was, like, wrong and presuming that I don't cut my hair, but I pretty much, I haven't in a very long time, and my hair grows pretty fast, mostly because I'm, I I take a hormone pill to speed up my, my processes, because they're slow, but I'm pretty sure this hormone pill is over, overcorrecting, and my hair grows really fast, um, like, people have told me sometimes, like, did your hair grow, like, an inch overnight? And I'll be like, maybe it did. I don't have the answers. Why don't I cut my hair? It's too much work to go into a place. And I don't have the courage, or rather, I don't think my mom would, um, I think my mom would tell me that I'm, um, Beelzebub himself if I cut it, um, on my own at home. Also, I feel like if I ever started to cut my hair myself, I would immediately give myself bangs. And I can not understate how much content I've seen on the internet warning about the dangers of doing so. And I believe them mostly because growing out bangs seems like seems like a Herculean task, which which is only like I feel like I would rather shave my entire head than have to deal with growing bangs out. So the reason I don't cut my hair, it's expensive also. I don't want to, and I don't want to go to a supercuts. It requires going out. And also girls have the unique privilege of being able to grow it out with literally no repercussions. And in fact, like reward, like, um, what's the word? It, it, it enhances your feminine aspects and um, people love it when you do that to yourself. And so I'm kind of benefiting not by not cutting it, even if, I'm not benefiting. I, I prefer to have my hair short. I just don't like to go out and have it cut. This is not funny. This is just me doing an autobiography slowly and in audio format. Um, do you like chocolates? Yes. What board games are worth your attention? This gives me... Do I want to get into this now? I have... I, I'm, I'm giving myself a 30-minute cap. Let me come back to that because I feel like I... Do you have a soul? Okay, I can tackle this in four minutes. Do I have a soul? Um, if you define soul as a collection of, like, electric lobes in your brain, then maybe, yeah. But, I mean, I <laughs> I feel like you kind of have to believe, like, subconsciously that you have a soul in order to get from point A to point B in the day. If you don't think you have a soul, um, why are you still living? You know? Like, what? Like, let me know. Please let me know. 
I am not a philosopher, nor do I have much experience in the realm of, of, of soul philosophy, but I'm pretty sure that, like, what's the point of living unless you think you are an individual with an individual, like, life essence, like, at the risk of sounding like a dumb RPG video game, do you have, like, life essence, you know what I mean? That, that, that X factor, bitch, if you go to the DMV and you think you don't have a soul, would you rather not just end it before going to the DM fucking V, you know? And I say you know a lot, but it's really just to try and confirm in the in my conversational partner that whatever I said made sense. So you can respond to the you knows. Text me. Um, what's the rudest thing anyone ever said to you? Two more minutes. I can get this out in two more minutes. I went to a wedding in Montreal when I was a pretty young, and my mother. It was my mother's friend's wedding, and then my mother kind of stuck me, and I was pretty young, so I kind of get it. But he's, she stuck me with this guy, and I was having a good time. I was like, me and this adult man are getting on pretty pretty good. That makes me very cool. And I was kind of just, like, wiggling around, doing, doing what I do on the dance floor. And then we were having dinner, and then he said to me, because I was talking too much, I guess, he said, if you keep talking, I'm going to throw you overboard. And I believed him, because I was, like, seven that's the rudest thing anyone's ever said to me. I still wish I could find that man and tell him what a fucking asshole that move is. I was a child. You can't tell a child that you're going to throw them overboard. That's a child. I can't believe it. That's so rude. I hope you never had children, you motherfucker. Anyway, that's the end of this. I just wanted to talk to someone about things. I cried really hard about the DMV. So, goodbye. Have a good day.